Okay. Um, so we didn't do this last episode, but we usually have an opening bit since last week was a retrospective. You? Yes. I skip it. But let's 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 just dive right into that opening bit. I um, think our opening bit was uh, what what the fuck were we talking about last time? I, I mean, was Lilo and Stitch not the opening bit? Lilo and Stitch was a little bit the opening okay. bit actually. Yes. So I actually have. Let me express, Ari. You were a home stuff. Did you ever paint yourself gray? <laughs> Ari. Hold on, you cut out. I, 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 I feel like I have a good idea of what you said, but I just, I just would like to make sure. So, uh, do you want to try that again? Yeah, I said, Ari, you were a homestuck. Did you ever paint yourself gray? Okay. You start this off by saying, fuck you. Second off, no. <laughs> um, the, only, <laughs> the only characters I do actually, the only characters I ever cosplayed from homestuck was, um, I only really did one. I did Roxy for my local library's anime con and there's a mild story behind this so i guess it's story time so buckle in um oh boy <laughs> how that one went how, how that one went down was um had to do it like last minute like my friend and my my best friend in high school and i were all both talking about it we were like fuck it let's just it's the one we went to every year because it was like semi-local and we were just like whatever let's just go it's small but we were like okay let's do cosplay but let's not do a lot let's do like home stuff fuck it because it's just t-shirts and you paint the symbols on the t-shirts and i happen to have a purple striped scarf that looked really similar to roxy's that was just in, the, in my closet and i was like fuck it let's just do this so i painted roxy's cat on a t-shirt freehand by the way and it was really actually very well done, if I do say so myself. This is Yeah, you're an excellent painter and, and customizer though. You. So. Well, this was like definitely the first cosplay I put like effort, effort into as like a high schooler. Um, I don't want to talk mm. about my school cosplay. Um <laughs> I so I had a leftover wig from Halloween that I'd used because I was Rocky from Rocky Horror for Halloween, because long story. Um, I got bored of my other costume, so I just went home and put on a pair of gold spandex shorts and a leotard and a wig. Um, and then I went trick or treating. But so I had that, but it obviously like, Roxy has like a very specific kind of fifties pinup kind of looking hair. Like it's got like the it, it it's got like the forks at the ends. It's it looks like it looks like fucking Judy Neutron's hair. Uh, Jimmy's <laughs> mom. Like that. That's the oh okay. That's that. that's in terminology I can understand. Yeah, so I was like, that's one. Yeah, that'll work. Um, so it's that kind of hair. So it took me whole fucking almost as long as I had free time that day between school and the con to style that wig. Just so much fucking hair gel into like the points and the curl at the front. Like I did, it wasn't great, but like I, I tried. I don't know if we still have pictures of this and I'm only telling all of you this because we went to the con and we were actually doing really well because again, this was a small local library con. This was not exactly like a, um, wasn't really katsu levels of like you know you had you had people doing mold enough that people would do l cosplays that were just being fucking all the time all the time all the time so like that was what we were dealing with here so we had a good time did the cosplay yes. go home wow i haven't i haven't heard of it i haven't heard l cosplay yeah, in some been, time for a second a i thought you meant it's been so long that for a second i thought you meant l woods that would that would have been very cool but l woods would never be caught dead in the jeans and t-shirt but no. Okay, no, wait. No. Cosplay idea. It's called. It's L Woods. It's an L. 
That would be really, I don't even know how you would, you would have to do like Elle's hair and like the bags and the eyes, but like the Elle Woods outfit for it to be like good. Oh God, oh that, would be really, that would be really fucking funny. <laughs> but also one of those things where it's like you would put it together and it would be something you would take photos in, like not go to a con in just to say like, haha, look what I dressed up as. But okay, so I'm telling everyone the story because this does actually end. And this is not a tragedy. This is not like an everyone stood up and the bus applauded sort of thing. Like it, it's not that. It's it's worse than that. It's high school. <laughs> so my we were driving home from the convention and we happened to pass the mall. And like most teenagers who grew up in the suburbs throughout my teenage years, I was a mall rat because the fuck else were you going to do? Yeah, so I was gonna my say. friend was like, "Oh my god, let's go to the mall in costume." And I was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" No, I know these are basic costumes, but like my. I, I still had social anxiety and I was like what if someone we know sees us like this is a local like people this is the only this is the closest mall in like a 30 mile radius we're going to this fucking mall okay. not going to this fucking mall it's the one I took you to after I graduated where we got the building oh, yes. so it was that mall um and bullied they were like gently bullied they're like come on it'll be fine and the con ended the earlier than we thought and da 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 and she and, and they were like, well, no one's going to recognize us because we're in costume. Um, they'd gone as Dave Strider, by the way. This is not really a relevant story, but I might as well. So we were both in costume. So at least it was, at least it was like a popular moron. But still. Our like, motto. No, our absolute motto. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Buddy system. But like, so this, you know, the, the, eventually they were driving. So they want out. So they pulled in. They're like, we're going to the mall. I was like, fucking God, fine. And so we went to the mall, and I'm only telling you this because we got through our usual wander around, look at stuff in the various stores that we went to, and window shop, and then turn around, and as we were fucking leaving, I just hear someone, like, call my name, and if I, if I, if I, if I could, if I could bottle the fear and dread and adrenaline I felt in that moment, I could make, like, a fucking wonder drug. I, 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 I mean. Your fight or flight kicking in. first flight. My fight or flight did not just kick in, it kicked a hole in the universe. I was in Oh my hell. gosh. And like I turn around and it's my my fucking history teacher. Oh no. I'm just like I hate you I I hate I hate everything about this I hate everything about the sequence events. I I hate everything that brought me to this moment. I want everyone to know that I did not ask to be I'd like to be removed from this narrative. I was one that like, I've never asked to be a part of since 2009. Had to do like polite stuff. Hope he wouldn't notice I was in like costumes since I was like, well, it's not plausible deniability. It's a skirt and like, you know, I had a wig on, but like, fuck it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll never, you know, this is fine. And then, of course, we got in the car and I yelled at my friend like the entire way home. I'm like, I can't believe you fucking did this to me. I have to go to school tomorrow and like look him in the eye. And like, I was like, <laughs> sucks so much and i was like just going to school the next day hoping he wouldn't he was like hoping he wouldn't make a thing of it and of course he was like so what were you doing last night and i'm like it wasn't me it was my evil twin listen look at me look at me i have a 98 average in your class you don't get to drag me i'm your best student (laughs) without me you're nothing so i pretty much so like eventually i didn't i never um had to worry so much about the 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 paint um i didn't do any of that thank god i mean i always batted around like i was one of, that's why i never did lapis when i was really into big into steven universe where i was like i hate body paint i hate the feeling of it i hate it makes your skin break out like a motherfucker afterwards um sealing processes 
difficult. It makes costumes hard to wear. It always rubs off around your joints. It never looks as good as you want it to. Um, just, just fucking don't. Like, if don't fucking do it, man. Um, not so even I never, once. Not even once. Genuinely, truly. Um, if your character you like has skin that is not human colored, uh, don't. Um, stop liking them. <laughs> Which or- brings us to my saga. <laughs> Yes. So no, I never did that, but I still have a pretty embarrassing Homestuck cosplay story. Clearly, I'm taking on a couple. I mean, I'm just glad that we just had a moment where I'm like, "You're tall. Do you vape like Gigi?" What did you just say to me? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, didn't you do that pink uh, that pink person from Lore Olympus recently? Yes, I regret to tell you that. To today again, I neglected my personal responsibilities to once again paint myself pink. Oh lord! Um, and, and here's why I did it. Um, number one, I'm an idiot, and I hate being happy. There, <laughs> mood. Um, number two, um, I'm an idiot, and I hate. Okay, so she has like two hair colors well hair types she has her really really long hair but then she also will usually cut her hair into like a sort of pixie cut depending so the wig for the pixie cut came in and i was like well what else am i doing fucking locked in here i mean i'm even gonna do the other two characters that i like where i'm like you know why not just paint myself yellow or purple why not? Let's just be the okay. whole rainbow. I mean, that's and the like, thing where, yeah, you're only taking them. They're they're fun for, like, if you're just sitting, if you're doing it for, like, a shoot, I think mm-hmm. it works out well, but it's not an every, like, it's not a con, it's not a costume I would wear to a convention. It's a costume I would show I up. I mean, because, like, here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's my experience is that, like, first of all, I, you have to prime before, and it's, like, sticky. It's not, like, regular primer, and it's not, like, regular setting spray. It's so sticky. Remember when, oh my god, this was years ago, but do you remember when you were, like, why the fuck am I breaking out all the time? And I was, like, you're, like, I'm using the new, the, the Ben Nye setting spray, and I'm, like, you mean the one you use for face paint? This was like yeah, I do remember that. Whoops. I do remember that. I felt so bad. Where I was just like, that, that sounds so fucking painful. I mean, right, I just thought it would seal my hard. makeup. I thought it would seal my makeup better than makeup sealant. And turns out it's for clown makeup. And since I'm a clown, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Listen. Oh my goodness! I've, it sounds very painful. Learn so, an important lesson. So here's the thing: is that if you paint yourself pink. I mean, I'm usually a little pinker than I normally am for like a solid day after. <laughs> which is which is great. Um, because again, it's not like I'm going anywhere, seeing anyone, doing anything. I mean, here I don't I don't want to be rude, but I'm gonna be a little rude. Just a little. <laughs> uh, and and it just is. I look at a lot of the Laura Olympus cosplays for like Queen Persephone, and I'm like, you guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way. <laughs> but I'm also very much like not frivolously spending money for at least the next week. So I'm like, no, you're not going to buy fabric for this, you dumb bitch. That's fair. Is each character a different color the entire time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for so everyone has paint. to wear the body paint. Yeah. Um, and like, so there's this brand called We Love Colors 
and they make sort of like body stockings and stuff, but it's just mm -hmm. really hard to match pink. I think mm. purple and yellow are going to, at least yellow, I think are going to be totally fine. Like, no issue. Yeah, that makes sense. But pink is so hard because the neon pink is literally neon pink and the dark and the orchard pink is like purpley and the fuchsia mm -hmm. is too dark. Where I'm like, why did God put me on this earth? To suffer? <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things where you would almost want to put like an underlayer on of something. You would have to layer body paint. But that also sounds like literally the most nightmarish fucking thing. I mean, and that's the thing is you literally just, so basically you put it on and then you body paint and then you seal it like fucking, um, it's like when you go to seal it, you do spray and then setting powder. And it makes your skin feel like vinyl, like like dull skin. Blech. Where I'm like, I mean, I guess this could be fun. Okay. Um, but it's not fun. I mean, do I look baller? Yeah, of course. And I have a lot of fun like contouring it when I'm like bright pink, but I'm also like then I'm trying to like set up the tripod so I can take photos and I'm like, oh I can't really, even though I sort of set my hands, I'm like, there's not a lot I can do about this. <laughs> oh, at that point it's just we were why why were we put on this earth just to suffer every day i get emails and it's every like day i feel my body paint every day i feel my body paint and i'm like well i understand why everybody goes with like her black dress instead of the white <laughs> one yeah oh yeah the other fundamental thing is it will like it's almost something where it's like i don't want to put this uh, like if they have an outfit that's like elaborate or something that I would have to put a lot of time and effort into, it's I something really I might take to the aquarium if that was going to happen no, this I'm year. Sorry, I'm 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 sorry. Do you remember how hot it is in Georgia in August? Well, but it's really cool in the aquarium. Yeah, but you're still going to have to be outside for a not insignificant amount of time, and just just melt pink everywhere. <laughs> I truly, I just, I feel like, again, it's one of those things where, like, now this, I'm sorry, this is turning into our discussion of cosplays, um, because it's a thing where it's like, just the, with the way the medical system is now, I don't think I'm getting top surgery this year, which I don't like, but that means no Jotaro until next year, so we gotta think of new stuff, if we even fucking go, where it's like, I, I genuinely think with the way George has been going, I can kind of be on, the question is whether or not we are going I don't think we're going this year. That's why I'm kind of also like, stop spending money. You can just, you're not going to any cons until like Katsu 2021. I mean, truly, it is something where it's like with the Final Fantasy remake out, I'm like, oh, I want to cosplay Aerith. And it's like, where? I mean, that's the real thing is I'm trying to take this as an opportunity to be like, okay, let's really start working on like gowns and shit. Yes, but also let's start taking repairs to things because Ariel needs to be repaired. We definitely have to, yeah. Edelgard needs to be, I mean, we were sewing that onto me. So clearly some things have to be readjusted. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It, and I didn't list. even fucking put the emblem on the camera. Do you know how awful it is that almost all of my cosplay stuff is at your apartment? And I'm like, oh, good. I don't know when I'm, I mean, I'm like legitimately with the way New York is also fucking going. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to get to see you until June, which is horrible. And I fucking yeah. hate it. I mean, I would like it if it was like, I, fuck, I'll be happy if I can see you by your fucking birthday. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. The goal, but like, shit. Oh, this isn't even an opening bit. This is just depressing. Um, <laughs> uh, so what's going on in everybody else's lives, by the way? Anything? Do, do, is anything going on or do you want to get into the episode? 
Like in the I mean, episode, I was going to make the joke. I just speaking of cats. Oh yes, please, <laughs> please go ahead. Sahar, go ahead. What's your joke? Speaking of cats. By the way, I'm back. Welcome to Bark to any Muslim listeners, BT Dubs. Um, <laughs> So here's a weird character that you have to that you have to unlock. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to see Zari Cat for 0.5 seconds, and it was pretty great. And then everything was a lot in this episode because what else is new? Okay, so my question to you, everybody, is: Did we come up with a title for this one, boys? Um, your ads five minutes. Is back tomorrow? Um, Irad back again. Um, Bayrad will be back in two to three episodes. I just have. Oh, that was the wrong one. Um, I also had suggested the idea. I have never missed Brandon Ralph less, but I'm not sure if you want to put it. I implied it a little bit in my opening statement, I guess, of like on my fucking um, live tweet. But at the same time, I do kind of want to be like, wow, it is genuinely amazing how much different uh, the general vibe of this episode was. Where it was like, oh, Legends, oh, so it really was just this insistence on doing like a 10-minute fucking goodbye to Brandon Rouse that kept you guys behaving like this, huh? Um, that was really it's, exactly- it's A title could be, it's fucked up how there's like a thousand Christmas songs, but only one song about the Zari being back in town so good too long we gotta come up with some we gotta get we gotta get better doing snappy where i'm like we we are are it's because it's because you and i don't do puns so do you do puns oh my god no times like not all the time you have to get i had a good one i had a good one today because somebody congratulated me on julian because you know obviously super late of my day is i got marina and julian in my town on the same day so i'm just like hell yeah tomorrow's hey wait a second you came over to my village and i said to you apropos of nothing standing baratheon and you said nothing you said nothing about it you meant i thought because i i was it because i talked about the ironwood dresser that i needed no it's castanis extended there's this whole it's a a pun pun Oh I, was, I was thinking there's an extended no now we're explaining this because it's one of those weird things i've always thought about there's this Please. weird like, symbolism bit in game of thrones they talk about renly stannis, stannis and robert the book specifically i never watched an episode of the so they're talking about them and they talk about renly being like bright and shiny like a copper penny because he's a useless fucking gay so he's very nice to look at but he can't read <laughs> he uh, right and then uh robert is Robert is like a steel sword that had gone all rusty and Stannis isn't the reason I say is Stannis was compared to iron where it's like he's sturdy but he's he'll break before he bends so I thought this was like a pun on iron ironwood and I was like why the fuck are you that is a really weird thing for you to be referencing right now I don't understand um, just because standing Baratheon came to me in a vision much like I was which I <laughs> sorry I just love that um how that one works uh Right, this episode though, but I mean. Okay, guys, we really okay. Titles, 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 titles. Um, I don't. Um, I I still think I I still think Bayrod will uh will Bayrod right back. Will Bayrod right back? Oh, oh, that's really good. Will Bayrod like right it. back? Um, oh, that's very good. 
Uh, oh, I need to I need to take a moment and absorb that. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Um, that is genuinely. I mean, that's something where it's like I want to save that for later in the episode because I'm like, oh, we'll get oh, it. We'll, oh, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna start to talk with, about the male. We're gonna we're gonna let him down a little easy because I am gonna be honest and be like, hey, I actually. I really love this did. episode. Best love episode of the season thus far. Really bold. Oh, absolutely. Really bold of a certain a certain duo of actors to call um, the last two Brandon and Courtney episodes uh, some of the best Legends has ever done when neither of those episodes is Zari, not Zari. Yeah. And it was genuinely a relief. This episode, I think it was, I mean, it was good. It was also me being like, oh, thank God we are actually going to... Like, I wasn't, I wasn't as worried about... Um, who's going to be like a permanent ag on the season. And if this is any indication, it's not going to be. And that is a relief where I was like worried that like, oh, so this is just going to be a terrible season because you fucked your whole first half. And obviously it's going to be, I think, hindered by that for the remainder of the season. But it's certainly not going to be permanently. I mean, you are certainly, you certainly cut yourself off at the knees. But what we've got from the knees up is pretty decent. Yes, that was, and it was, it was just a relief that I was like, okay, you guys still know how to write like good television. Thank God. I mean, I'm rewatching Twin Peaks for reasons I cannot even adequately explain to myself. And I mean, I am just sitting here going, wow. <laughs> the difference, like, when we call Legends a good show, I don't really know if I feel com- comfortable calling it a good show um, when, when you have that point of comparison. I, I really am. This episode delivered on some things I genuinely wasn't expecting, but was very happy to see. So that was cool. Um, I mean, like let's 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 divide the episode into parts because we sort of had we had two plots happening. Mm-hmm. We had um, Zari going into the spirit world to visit the Amari sixty nine palace, and we had um, Charlie's horrible abusive family. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was I know. Oh god, that's gonna be that's gonna be its whole thing. Um where do we want so, to start? I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I was uncomfortable with this episode, and it actually comes right at the beginning. So I'm happy to talk about it now. Is that I'm just kind of like I understand why Atropos goes in and kills Charlie's bandmates, but the imagery of like a nightclub and everyone's getting murdered. It's just mm. not something I was like, I'm like, mm, we might have wanted to check the tone on that one. That was just um, unnecessary and unnecessary. Because I'm like, there's a lot of other places she could have killed them that didn't involve, like, killing a lot of people in a public place. Yes, where it's like, I don't think, I don't think they thought it through. Or I was like, that could have been something where you could have killed them at a house party. And I think it would have been maybe less bad oh we live in a society we live in a horrible 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 society because it is um harley's bandmates dying and obviously none of them were ever really explicitly confirmed i'm just queer however charlie is and it's like listen after pulse you have to stop doing things like that okay yeah oh yeah it was pointless because they could have she could have just killed them after they came out of the nightclub there was 60 different options for that literally so many different ways and it's not even something where i'm like this is bad writing i'm just like this is genuinely like not a great thing to do and this is kind of why you need sensitivity where anyone anyone looking over your script and going hmm, maybe this would look bad <laughs> like i also I was like, like i was immediately like i was watching that and i'm like 
Oh no. I mean, I'm glad oh, no. you said something because I didn't quite, I wasn't really paying attention. I forget what the hell I was doing as well as, but I definitely wasn't paying as much attention as I could have. So I'm glad you pointed that out because I remember thinking, huh, weird, but not really thinking past, huh, weird. So thank you for bringing it up. Because yeah, it is genuinely something where it's like your audience is, is, your audience is mostly gay people. You have to be more careful. Well, I mean, do we want to go right into, I mean, if we're going to start with, with gay rights, question mark, do we want to start by talking about Charlie this episode and her, so we meet a tropos who is very Scottish, maybe too Scottish. Um, maybe, you know, if I had to rate her Scottishness, maybe it's like a little too, no. So we find out a, tro- a tropos goes to visit Lachesis in hell. And I'm like, why are why is our concept of hell with like Satan in it? Why are the fates that, and then Phil Clemmer, um, and then Phil Clemmer fucking lit my trash can on fire and, and I had to go put it out. Um, that's kind of one of those things where you're like, uh, I don't think they thought that one through well enough. We're just all like, like fuck. tomorrow was always just Mokubo falling out of that tree. Going, I probably <laughs> should have played really this through. through. Oh my god! Wait. You know what though? The fates of the Shadow Realm would have made for some great television. Let me just say, I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but um, we should really it- get more Yu-Gi-Oh and Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know how, but I feel like we should do it. I mean- <laughs> Are we not getting like the Yami versions of characters with all of this to you know? It's I mean it's kind of happening whether they want to. Is our one point Yami? (laughs) Yes, technically. (laughs) The totem, the totems are not actually super far off from the Millennium items as I remember them. Um, Oh no, they really aren't. Uh oh, oh boy, oh we're in trouble, everybody. (laughs) This is a good. That makes you feel good. No, it makes me feel very, yeah, very bad. Done, but like it, it, it is kind of thing where um, it, it, it uh, I'm fast. I'm kind of fascinated by what this implies about the totems, but the whole thing with the fates, I think, is just narrative. Like they're not thinking it through because it's legends, and I think they are just kind of like the, the law of narrative convenience, fundamentally, where it's like they're all in the underworld because. It, all of the I, I I can kind of see the idea that it's like well now that no one really seriously worships the Greek gods anymore they're like fuck it everybody just goes to what we consider the underworld in Western mythology now. Um, I mean, but also the when they had the Kamadeva when they had him that implies that that pantheon. I mean, and also that's one of those things where I'm like mm, I don't love the idea of you guys being the Greek pantheon and like actual Hinduism which billions of people practice. I don't yeah, love. I think this is something that TV shows do sometimes, and it pisses me off. Where it's like they treat as all being like equally on the level of like myth and mysticism. Where it's like there is a mm. huge fucking difference between like myths and actively practiced Hindu religion. It doesn't work like that. They're not. Right. They might be different. They might be funky, like funky gods, and you might be like, "Wow, these all look so cool and mysterious," and they have like multiple arms and shit. And I'm like, first off, actually, a lot of Catholic iconography is also kind of bizarre and weird and too many eyes and too many Just use that. Just use that. No one cares to make fun of Catholics. 
like you could do so much it it, it it treats it like it's the same kind of level of not even spooky but just exotic mysticism and it's like okay but real full on this day in this place practice this faith stop doing a that huge a huge amount more people than watch this show Man. oh my god <laughs> by, 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 I don't even want to think about how many by by the bazillions. It genuinely it, it elevates. It puts them all on the same playing field of un aesthetic influence on our show, where it's like, right. listen, I'm not saying that this is unique to America. There are so many anime that just take like the weird iconography of Catholicism. Because uh, the guy who made Ultraman, which if you don't know, but what I think Ultraman that's a little was, different. A little different. I mean, I'm not saying oh, it's it's the same. I am like, it happens in other places. However, it's not same level of like it's the power. The power imbalance doesn't exist there. Where it's like, well, that's fine. You guys can fuck around with this because you know a weird, weird. Crucif crucifixion shots and Neon Genesis Evangelion don't like fucking treat Christianity like it's a fun theme park myth thing or like a Disneyland theme park theme. Um, mm -hmm. But stuff like this kind of does. So, you know, it is, I'm not saying it doesn't just happen in um, American shows made for American audiences, but I am saying that flavor and tone of it is a bit different when it's in an American show. Okay. Let me so let me yes, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it also just goes back to the way they treat historical figures in general. Like, like the way they've been dealing with the encores, when I remember we first learned that we were going to have, like, serial killers and stuff, all of us were like, mm, do we really need to do that? I think the writers just pick whatever they think is going to be, like, fun and, like, jokesy, but they don't realize that, like, when you actually put all of them in the same plot line, it doesn't fully function the same way. So if you have, like, in hell because she's a clockmaker, then like at the same time we've got all the other things simultaneously existing and we still have characters who are also religious it doesn't work that way yeah. yeah i mean i'm just really thinking about charlie being like i'm a fate and like zari and berad and all the jewish characters just being like um hey no <laughs> no that doesn't happen like when xena did it and Xena was like all legends are true and like whatever and we're gonna have like we're gonna have it, it was fine because Xena was in fantasy setting that was like not modern day but legends is still even if only gently set in the modern day with like a modern audience so it's kind of like okay we are careful with how we talk about this stuff right. and the whole comics thing like messes with it but it's still like they're still real people believe in their Charlie is like I'm a fate and both Zari and Bayrod are there and they're so sexy of you <laughs> I mean I do find it it's one of those things where it's like I and it's not even like I can't trust legends to try to even come up with a decent explanation for it there's never right. going to be a point where they're like okay well here's why all of these things are real and exist at the same time for us they don't they don't know and i'll be level they probably don't care because they probably haven't thought it through but it's also like okay here's the good news though sometimes you have to think it through sometimes when will you learn when will you, when will you learn when will you learn that your actions have consequences 
Um, I'm getting into that. Also, Ari, when you were in my village, did you see the giant thing of just fish I have stacked by the beach because I'm waiting for chips to come back? We're waiting for CJ or something? Yep. I'm like three coleocanth today because it was raining on every single mystery island I went to. So I am also now waiting for CJ because I'm just like, I will I wait. An selling him, selling these to him will get me so much fucking money. Oh, that's a lot of fucking money. Um, actually, fucking before money. we continue, uh, Sahar, I know that you've seen a lot of, you've consumed a lot of media like myself and Ari, but let me just quickly ask, have you seen um, The Venture Brothers? I actually haven't. It's the one thing that I see you two talk about a lot that I actually have not seen. Okay. Have you you seen the newsroom? Yes. Okay. Have you seen you all of you here the Abridged series? Actually, I haven't watched a single episode of the Abridged series. But Never I watched, watched the original show. Abridged series. All right. Well, well, in two thousand six. No, I just I just watched the original anime, and then I watched um, oh, all the way through Yu Gi Oh five Ds. <laughs> Was really there is a I, scene. There is a scene that they have in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series in, in the newer episodes where they have that weird Australian character dueling Joey and he goes <laughs> Oh my god. I'm sure you're trying to fool yourself into thinking that you can get my <laughs> to like you again new splash his way out of your league. And Joey just goes, Yeah, yeah. well yeah, I would <laughs> hope so. And she's an adult woman and I'm in high school. <laughs> And I think about it 18 times a day. It's about it every fucking day of my life. I also think about the fact that we are trying to talk about this as somebody who's just politely nodding along to all of these conversations and everything we're referencing. All right, we like, have to, we're going to, there's a lot of stuff that I know you've watched, but there's a lot of stuff that I guess we're going to have to um, emotionally force you to watch. When I say force you, I just mean all the root caps in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. It'll be done in no time. I'll, I'll totally do it. I just, I, I mean... Actually, I'm not even sure if we should do Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series, because a lot of that stuff that's from, like, pre- when he started doing it later, like, yeah. like after, like, when he was doing it from 2006 for quite a little while, we were like, mm, a lot of this is not... Well, yeah, we were watching yeah. the fucking, everything with fucking, um... Bakura. Everything with Bakura. Well, I can forgive him. It's one of those things where it's like, came out as bi later. And actually, a lot of the gay jokes in that context are like one closeted, closeted, closeted by person, and two actually not as bad as they could have been. It's the stuff with Ish- uh, Ishtar's brother that yeah, is just oh like, God. oh, it's the oh, whole, it's the, it's the Borat impressions he did, where I'm like, I don't wow, know if you're play. Jewish or not. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this one. You no, know, I we stop it. it. <laughs> people are in Eng- Jewish in England genuine question um it's kind of one of those things where it's like it, it's it's something where it wouldn't I don't think it's as funny if you didn't watch it at that point in time because it is so profoundly here's what life was like on the internet um I, t- I, was pro- I said I'd never go back no and, and it, it, it's better if you don't because it's like this was not a good time for anyone um in any way shape or form but it's also one of the most unique things out there in that it's one of the few pieces of media that's gone on for so long that it's able to talk to itself about its past. Right. A lot of the second, like what you would probably consider like the second half of Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series, series is a lot of that was kind of weird and dumb or ha, huh, I probably shouldn't have done it. That references aren't funny. Aren't funny. Okay. It wasn't 
References aren't funny. Haunts me to this day. Um, and we've turned it into a reference. So it's like, take that, I, I guess. Being alive is a mistake. Um. <laughs> Actually talking about. Um, so we've established bar, the, the nightclub murder scene was bad. The sex scene thing uh, was kind of cute, I guess. The thing I with think- Nate and Zari, I think that was, I mean, first of all, I will say this, and I'll say this, and I'm going to give it to Legends, and it's maybe the only time I've ever done this in my life. But Nate actually had a lot of little Haywood posters and like a little pennant in his room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. Where I was just oh like, my oh my God. You remembered. I remembered. Like, it was genuinely kind of surprising to see the Hayworld stuff. I will say on that note, though, where I'm kind of like, I think with Nate and Zari now, I'm like, if they're going to, don't. They could fuck this up where I'm like, I don't hate this as a relationship. I actually think if anything, this memory thing has sort of made it more interesting. However, yeah. if they try to turn it into you have to love me because I'm hated before a thing, especially because their relationship before all this wasn't actually that interesting or good. Um, it's gonna suck. I'm really hoping they don't go that route. Um I don't know because they might have to rush it on account of having spent the entire first Well, it's half. one of those things where actually I liked Nate and Zari last season because I liked how casual it was. And yeah, now for them to be turning that. it into this deeper thing where I'm like, that was never them. They were sort of just getting to know each other. And they were also just getting to know each other because Amaya left. Yeah. Right. Well, like their in the first, that first part was basically defined by we both miss Amaya so fucking much. And that's also, fine. I will say a um, couple great things is that one, if you look at how Nate and Zari are sleeping together, um, he like, I'm like, so you just let Nick Zano grab your titty. <laughs> and second, Nate's room is such a guy's room, like to a comical degree. Like there's a, shot, there's a shot in one issue of Justice, uh, Justice League International where we see the inside of Ted Cord's room. And I have like this, I'm like, Ted Cord is the embodiment of gay man who is overcompensating by being super heteronormative. And Nate's room had that same vibe where it was just like, here's a poster I found in the back of a random Maxim that I'm just going to fucking slap on my wall. And I'm like, okay, honey, that's not, you're still gay. It doesn't, it's no one. It's just nothing. (laughs) But. (laughs) Gay rights? Gay rights. But, um. You can't, you can't have a room like that and then hold Ray like you're trying to anchor him to you so he won't go away and marry a woman and then try to tell him. I just, I mean, what I loved about that was Zara being like, oh my God, what is this 200 thread count? And I'm like, I know she's saying that because he's just supposed to be like a dude, but I'm like, the Nate Haywood I know would never sleep on Itchy. Like, he is such a... On 200 His mother, if his mother found out... It is kind of something I do appreciate that they were pretty upfront to that and explicit about like, okay, we really didn't have sex though. Cause like, I, I think some other shows would have pulled like, oh, maybe they did or didn't. And like, no. Yeah, that's exactly- I mean, it's, it was very clear. And also when Nate was like, she was clearly unhappy with it. Nate himself was immediately like, no, we didn't have sex. Like, cause sometimes the girl might be clear with it, but the guy might try to like joke about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do that, which is really nice. But I will say that like Nate and Zari, in the hall, just like, don't worry, we didn't hook up. I'm like, Charlie and John just falling out of the ceiling tiles. <laughs> like, dang, why weren't we invited? <laughs> like, hey, just did someone mention liking same and different genders and sex? Yeah. And they're like, no, nobody 
Could oh, you? No one, no one, what are you fucking talking about? Charlie is like, if you want to, next time you have sex, I'm going to bottom out your cervix. And Nate's like, hmm, <laughs> noted. Duly noted. I have so many questions. Baron's face it. in the background is also really great in that scene because he's just like, I, it's fine. It's cool. Whatever. I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole. Who is very clearly for flirting with not just Nate, his best friend, but like his yeah. sister. It's right. like, that hurts, admittedly. That's, that's harsh. That's fair. I mean, and then just, it's just like, nobody on this team can leave them. It's almost like, well, I'm glad Ray wasn't, Ray, Ray wasn't here, so he didn't have to see Nate with a woman. <laughs> the greatest betrayal anyone could ever make. Um, I'm just glad Ray wasn't here. No, um. Also a mood. That's the name of this episode. The one time, actually, the one time I missed Ray this episode was, I think he would have been a really good comfort to Charlie because she, he's the first person she met from the Legends. Okay. And I'm almost like, wow, you should have done this plot point when he was still fucking here instead of making it just about him. I hate you. I hate every day of my life I'm pursued constantly. Um, I just, I mean, I felt so... This is one of those things where, like, I just... John Constantine this episode was so truly like, don't worry, I won't fuck this up. Ron Howard voice. He immediately did. Immediately fucked it up. I'll fuck, I fuck my so way into this mess and I'll fuck my way out. Like, truly, I'm so tired. Most <laughs> so, let's, yeah. are the show. Kind of beautiful. Let's go into, I mean, it's just one of those things where, let's go into, so we know that Charlie broke the loom and that her sisters are very mad at her for it. And we know that they are not. So here's the thing. I decided I was like, I would like to look up some quotes for gift sets to do about the fates. And so I stumbled upon a book that is, I think, essentially free to read, or at least the section I was looking at through um, Google Books. And it's called um, Dictionary of Untranslatables. Because originally I was looking at the fates and then they were like, the fates actually have a song in Plato's Republic. So then I was looking for that song and then I found this book. And I know that by now I've already done more research than anyone who works on this show. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, <laughs> have I done this exact same thing? So I'm proud of you. So according to Dictionary of the Untranslatables, um, the fates are called, there's actually sort of a time when we can track that the fates become three people. Instead of just one. Okay. Like, so they're called the Moira, but for a while, Moira might have just been one person. And then they become the spinners. So at first, they're all Clotho. There's three of them. Okay. And then they sort of get their own identity. And that's so interesting to me because they're like, Charlie is the youngest fate. I'm like, oh, okay, so we got that wrong immediately. I would be interested if it's almost like splitting from her sisters. Like if they if they do a double reverse where they're like splitting from her sisters, basically reverted her somehow. So now she like looks like she's the youngest or is treated like she's the youngest because she have got like how in Pokemon. So part of the big myth in Gen Five is uh, Reshiram and Zekrom both split from Kirim. Kirim was initially like one thing. Um, but then the heroes that sort of trained it and raised it fought, like, fought about, like, what was more important, truth or ideals, and then Kirim split, 
and but the husk of Kurum still exists. It's a Pokemon. So it's like Charlie would be Kurum in this situation where it's like Lachesis and Atropos might have split from her. But again, they would have to have done more than just read the Wikipedia page on the fates and literally just read the three fate section. Because it's actually pretty in-depth and I was looking at the sources on it. I mean, here's that was like, I didn't do that. Me to Phil, I know more than you. The fun every goddamn time. It's not that much of a bar to be crossing, though, with that. Oh, I know. Every goddamn day of my life. Phil Clemmer is trying to kill me. Um, and so. Basically, I was like, hmm, I wonder if any of these interesting mythological things I'm reading in this book will come into play. And then I was immediately like, no, that would not happen. <laughs> no, it's legends. Never mind. Uh, no. Um, but so her sisters are both very, it's interesting because when we see, I guess they really want to go whole ham. I'm like, no, Lachesis is not good for Astra either. Like, she's just bad. Bad, 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 oh, yeah, no. bad. She's just manipulating Astra. Because at first I was like, oh, well, maybe there'll be a little more nuance to this relationship. And maybe there'll be more nuance to this relationship between Charlie and her sisters as well. But, like, they are very clearly, like, these horrible, manipulative people where I'm like, well, you know, Damien Dark got redeemed. But I'm like, oh, but these are women. And I know they're white women. I know that Atropos is blonde and white. But, you also not played by Neil McDonough, who, like, everybody loves. I also, I think I pronounced his last name wrong, so I apologize, but... Don't care. Nobody um, cares. It's it, fine. The, 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 the DC TV shows very much... It hurt worse. The DC TV shows very much treat their white males on a scale of, like, how much they enjoy the actors, because on The Flash, Tom Cavanaugh does nothing, but because they have a huge hard-on for him, he's been in every season, and there's 63 versions of him. Oh, these women who are just there for like three episodes apiece are not going to get redeemed. And if they do, I will be super shocked. Also, like, I mean, I think Astra might, but like, no, Astra, yeah, I'm talking about the the fates, yeah. But that's something where I think this is interesting where it's because it's like, okay, let's assume they're not going to get redeemed because they're like the season villains. Only halfway into the season, but I promise I'll stop harping about that at some point. I will never. Yeah, but realistically speaking, I will not, but I'm going to pretend like I will. Anyway, um, I do think that would be interesting, genuinely, in the context of, like, we've talked before about how this show will sometimes do things that we're not maybe even 100%, like, hmm, maybe they don't deserve it when it comes to, like, parent, family being bad. And it's interesting that, like, they basically won't have the time or inclination to have those and we've sort of we've sort of explained it or at least like sort of tried to understand it in the context of this is just wish fulfillment where it's like yeah you realistically know that your parents are actually never going to improve or change and you're just going to be like sometimes forever you know you want that fantasy moment of well maybe it could be better this time and it's interesting that now if only by virtue of we don't have the fucking time we're going to end up in a situation where we get to see people just treated as like nope they're bad because they misgender her and they don't respect them and they don't you know they yeah do we want to go into how specifically like yeah charlie's sisters um fairly like very much abusive siblings very i mean like here's the thing are they good villains 
Yes. Yeah. Do they engage in abusive behavior? Like, yeah, of, of course they do. And like, I, I think you can still find them interesting while being like they're, especially yeah. because it's not I like they're like, main I characters. Like the fates as a, as a myth thing. So. This is the closest we're getting to the endless, as I think I brought up before, because now yeah. we know we're at Netflix um, series some, at some point. So right. it's the closest we're fucking getting. So I'm trying to enjoy it. But I'm I do trying, think- I'm trying. So, oh my God, do I try? It's funny because it's funny because you would it's it's almost something where sometimes I think you can't see the forest for the trees um, in terms of you were the one that was like, hey, it's kind of weird that they kept talking about her being a certain like they were talking about her human body being disgusting and talking about her name being disgusting. And sometimes my brain will do things when I find something upsetting where it just will like block it out completely. So I'll be like, I've been trying to read this sentence for an hour with no luck. I think that kind of happened with this where like you brought it up. And I was like, Oh, right. Yeah, they did do that. And that is kind of like upsetting and not offensive. It's like interesting to like, I don't think they meant it. Like it's the villain saying it, it's not legends being okay. It's it, if anything, legends explicitly condemning this as a bad look. Um, it was very like, Oh, I feel some kind of. Way. Yeah. I mean, like, let's talk about, cause the whole thing about Charlie and her, well, first of all, when Atropo shows up and Charlie turns back into a child, I'm like, red flag, red flag, get her out of there. Red flag. Yeah, I need that the extraction team immediately. I need my, I need her out of there. That was genuinely something where as much as my initial trust was, oh my God, what did I literally just say last fucking episode about how I was glad you guys didn't do those fucking like six-year-old immortal things. But then it was very obviously like an emotional regression, but like yep. in a, like the fact that it was like an obviously an emotional regression but done in a physical way made it so much more jarring and upsetting where it's like mm-hmm. emotional regression is really common when you're reconfronted with abusive or dysfunctional environments where you will suddenly find yourself back in these really negative thought patterns or um habits and it's like hey why are you re- why is legends really good at this one thing in particular that's really painful <laughs> Hey, do we? Does anybody here want to talk? Or, uh, hey guys, can we? What can we? Can we please? What the fuck happened here on this day? In this place, like, can we all collectively chill, please? Um, also, just want to mention it is turnip day, but they were selling a twenty pink LCT LC the the TV, and it was sixty thousand dollars. And I was like, well, I mean, what am I gonna do? My turnip day. It's turnip day in your house. I, I just moved it ahead because I was like, I wasted all of my tickets trying to get up to a spider island and I didn't get one. Sorry. It's okay. It's not your I'm, fault. Yeah, I'm hoping this RCM chip I ordered comes in soon because I'm just like, I don't, I, I've been digging into how to patch villagers into your town and it seems like that's obscenely difficult, but I might be able to either cycle villagers out and just do Nook Miles tickets or, or I'll figure something out um, until I can hang out with you again and do some amiibo spoofing. But Raymond doesn't have an amiibo card and I do want Raymond because they do he's a david burn cat and um he is selling for real life actual money where i'm like beautiful this this is okay. this, this is great this is the economy is doing the economy is in the shitter, but people are paying like, remember when we tried to explain what a bubble economy is to someone in terms of oh fun. my god we were at dragon con it was like last year dragon right yes yeah because we were explaining to this poor kid who was like clearly like listening to us because it was attractive feminine looking people talking to him about like Funko Pops and shit. <laughs> like, explaining 
like I was just like I remember Beanie Babies I'm old I remember that fucking beautiful photo of a divorce court where that couple was divvying up their Beanie Babies and I do always kind of wonder how that investment shook out because it was hard to tell what Beanie Babies they were based on the photograph where I'm like who got the better end of the deal in that one because somebody probably came out more on top than the other one because there are still Beanie Babies that sell a decent ish amount there's still a Furby secondary market. I mean, that's the thing is these things do exist. The secondary market is real, but the bubble, like the bubble around them eventually bursts. Um, at least around the vast majority of it. There's always going to be things that just by virtue of not a lot of them being made, if anything, they'll just go up in value because the longer that, you know, the, especially when they're toys, because the longer they have time to degrade um, or get damaged, the more rare that immaculate immaculately preserved Sable just said talking to me when she's working is the best part of her day and I want you to know I'm marrying her oh my god please I cry I literally teared up during some parts of like when you talk to her and she opens up and even though I know all the stuff she's talking to me so much I just can't believe that Sable Mabel and Label's mom died of anime died of anime mom (laughs) disease I have to send you, hold on, I'm literally going to send this to you right now. Okay, but so yes, Charlie's siblings, so there's a very specific. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing at like. Transition. I want to play bingo. I need to play bingo with y'all's episodes, the ones that I'm not on, and just like mark off every like other fandom or franchise or just like character that's mentioned and like. It'll be so much fun. It'll really just all be so fucking lucky I haven't brought up any animes. I want to show you, I'm posting this in the chat because I want I you guys to- I swear to God, when that woman was making risotto, fucking- <laughs> You think this is funny? This is my life now. You think, you think I do this shit because it's easy? <laughs> oh so much. What? What? <laughs> Also, okay, so the thing I posted in chat was so, speaking of Animal Crossing, I woke up and that was like one of the first things I saw when I opened Twitter. And I'm like, hi, thank you so much. I literally, I made, I don't, I've never made the kind of noise that I made when I saw that. And I literally crying and I was going downstairs and I was making my coffee and there were just tears pouring down my fucking face. Emotionally speaking, I'm not doing well. Anyone know? Uh, it literally wasn't even just Animal Crossing. It started making me think of all my Pokemon, and then I looked at my Mudkip plush, and I remembered how when I was little, and I was so excited to have a Mudkip as a starter, and I was just like, "This is a lot." It was right, a lot. And I want to tell her. I want to tell our listeners at this point. I'm sure Ari is crying real tears. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, my emotions are not doing well. I think is the key here. Um, and clearly, my I did take my Adderall today, and yet my ability to stay on task is not. Well, it'll be worn off by now. It's 10.30. Oh, yeah, fair enough. It's late. Shit. I need to... Uh, <laughs> okay, so... Charlie's family. Charlie's family. Charlie... Boy, does Charlie have a family. So... Oh, wow. We off topic when we were talking about an abusive family. I wonder why we always fucking do that. <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's just really... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, there you go again. So Charlie has an abusive family. Charlie's sisters are not going to be redeemed, question mark. We have no clue what's really happening with them yet. But they're way more interesting than the first time. I got you. I'm so fucking glad you're here. (laughs) But he's gotta. So when when Charlie first meets Ray and shows Ray that she can shapeshift, Ray is like, 
I think you're a pretty cool girl or guy or whoever you want to be. But then when you go, when Atropos finds out that Charlie is going by Charlie, um, Atropos goes, our sister has taken on a disgusting human name. Where I'm like, uh, oh, who's SpaghettiOs? Spaghetti. And it's like, and so um, Lachesis is like, oh my god, I've been talking to, you know, Astra, the, t- the team John Constantine is on. Um, he's with a woman named Charlie. Mm-hmm. And we have not really had Charlie's gender mentioned at all this season in like such certain terms. I know Charlie uses she, her, which is yeah. fine. Just totally um, fine. Going on, phone, equate gender, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, okay. John isn't even that mad at Charlie for, like, shape-shifting. He's just kind of like, or being him, he's just like, how did you get into my home? Right, exactly. Why are you in my house? This is not my beautiful house. Um, out of my space. First of all, the only person who's gonna be me in my house having sex is me. (laughs) Actually, that was very interesting. When Charlie ran up to John and hugged him, she thought Atropos had killed him. I thought they were going to kiss, and I was like, "Huh, why didn't they?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's what." <laughs> I'll do it because it's her sister. Dodged a bullet there, actually. Phil was right, and I was wrong. We were, we were we we really could have tripped Dick first into that one. So good job, fellas. You know, Fire a lot of other other shows would have done it. Other shows would have had her kiss John, and then later find out it was her sister. I swear to God. Oh my God! Yeah. Um, and it's just this, and like, it's also Charlie specifically at that point when Charlie was like, I'm not a fake, I'm a legend. And like, oh, hearing Sarah talk about abusive families, so delicious. Love when fans are reminded that the Lance parents are fucking terrible people. Lance parents are literally the worst fucking people in the world, yeah. (laughs) Delicious. Chef's, a chef's kiss to that. Um... And so Sarah being like, you know, you're not who your family is. You're who you want to be. Which was just like... Now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant is when one truly does is the gift of life that determines who you are. It's very sweet. Is that from The Last Unicorn? No, that's from the first Pokemon movie. movie. It's from the Pokemon movie. I'm sorry. It was your other thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god oh god please don't even fucking get me started or i'll start talking about the red and blue leaks i don't have time for this we'll talk about it next episode because i have a lot of thought. <laughs> okay because uh, john was a tropos and the legends the legends phil didn't do that to us he did one good thing yeah um and then of course john is left like bloody and i'm like he's fine i'm like get up you're fine shut up Okay, we spent the whole episode. Sorry, this bothered me actually because we spent the whole first part of the episode being told that Atropos is awful and murderous and is going to kill anybody and everything. And then Charlie, and I know it's because Charlie's stressed, but like Sarah doesn't go, hmm, wait, question mark at all. There's not even a second of just like, are we sure it's John? I don't know. I was stressed the whole episode because of that. Yeah, it was very much like you guys should know if Charlie had shape shifting powers that her sisters would also have. What? Yeah, please. Same as same as that ever was with you fucking people. I guess I mean it's I think almost maybe even something where they forgot, because that wouldn't surprise Probably. me with the theory. <laughs> name name one thing about and it's also one of those things where I'm like, if Charlie is a fate, how was John able to make her like mortal? Because she can still shape shift. I'm like, 
what exactly i'm almost in my head like i don't know if the show's gonna do this but it almost feels like more mortality is something she's choosing yeah hmm. like it's that thing where it's like i mean i know we just said the last unicorn but it is like gonna be like an amalthia thing um where i just feel like she would rather be mortal than be like her sisters and i think she likes hmm. the feeling of being mortal yeah and i also wonder if it's this level of like and her sisters are saying that because you got rid of the loom, humans are messing everything up. And we don't see, or and there's no inclination that Charlie feels guilty necessarily. But also, yeah. the world is falling apart. So, like, Charlie might just be feeling guilty, and therefore, being mortal means she feels pain. And this show also does a lot of that, so... I've been mortal now, and some part of me is mortal yet, you know, all that crap. Etc. I was, I was, I was wondering, I, like, sort of had that quote in the back of my mind, but I didn't know it exactly. Thank you for saying it out loud. I we we have other things to do with our lives, damn it. <laughs> um and also let's just remember, uh Sarah totally fine. She has laser now. John, totally yeah. fine, never better. Bayred, dead, stone fucking dead. It's gone for question mark three episodes. <laughs> at least. So let's get into um I mean here's the thing. Maisie acted her ass off this episode. Um, I, I mean, here's the thing. I think Sarah is an adorable character. I think what she did with Charlie this episode and how protective she was, really I think that was really, really nice. Yeah, and it was a Good. side of Sarah we haven't really seen with Charlie specifically. And so, um, as we do that, let's go into, so Zari is like, um inner me does gross things like eat donuts and cuddle with nate where i'm like but she doesn't think eating donuts is gross so she's obviously doesn't think cuddling i'm like i see what you're fucking doing right exactly but um the fact that Bayrod and nate have that whiteboard and they're like there must be two versions of you and sorry is just sitting there like me honestly like listen as the viewer i know but, like how the fuck did you two figure this out yeah, oh, genuinely, like, wait, like, hey, hold on. By all accounts, it does mad up. It was so wholesome because they were like, and we were friends and hung out and like did all these things together. And I'm like, I can't tell you because you're not real characters that you're all completely wrong. But good try. <laughs> it's the dramatic irony of oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, so also, when, when Baron said that thing about Nate being a sucker for doomed romances and then immediately dying, like, Wait a second! Hey. Phil? What are you doing? And so, first of all, I mean, my thing was, like, I was so mad that they went into the, they were like, you need to go on a totem journey. And when she was like, I don't want to do drugs, he's like, no, I've done it all the time. I'm like, if you had just said, no, Amaya taught me how to do it, she would have been like, oh, cool. She would have been like, who's Amaya? And you could have had, like, just two seconds for that. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be so angry, so empty inside. It's my life. Um, and so he goes to basically, and so she goes into the totem, and inside the totem is Zari 1.0 somehow. Which don't get me wrong, very happy to see her. Love the two of them talking to each other. Why is she in there? How? What does being oh, in the totem entail? Is is she in there? And also, again, because she said, I'm here with the other totem bearers. 
That means that she and Amaya are in the totems together forever, 69ing into the sunset. So as always, I have persevered and I have won, but like, it doesn't actually make any sense. Oh, it really doesn't. I am very, I am kind of fascinated by it and what it means for like the implication of how the totems work. Because I think as we talked about a little before where I was like, huh, it's interesting that we are going to a point where like maybe, I mean, Lachesis and Atropos are going to be trapped in like whatever that world is. And that's going to be the way to get rid of them, basically. I have to seal them in the Millennium fucking puzzle. I guess. Pay attention! It. This could not be clearer. I mean, that is kind of, I think, what we're gonna kind of end up with. Something similar, where it's like, how else are you going to get rid of them? We just, literally just end up with a cheap plastic version of the Millennium puzzle that they bought off, like, eBay. And it's yeah. like, why the fuck is that here? I mean, I, at the, with this show, would it surprise me? No, never. Nothing a show does can surprise me anymore. Um, Immediately I, surprised us next week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah so I we were just to... talking about the way to get rid of Charlie's sisters will probably be to seal them in the Millennium Puzzle. Yes, let's do it. Which one's Peg- Pegasus then? Oh my god, who's Pegasus? Wouldn't it be, they would have to be Marek and Bakura. What? Clotho- uh, Charlie's sisters? Yeah, they would have, right? Yeah, but doesn't Merrick get redeemed? Uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, they technically all get a redemption slightly, kind of, at the end. But the spirits, I mean, Merrick and Bakora both get redeemed as people, but the The spirits in their items don't. No, that's true. Um, We're we're clearly straining this metaphor, like, paper thing. are, but you know what's gonna happen? Bebo will eat them at the end, and it won't matter. Don't say hate, that. Please don't, say, please, don't, please don't say that because the writers. <laughs> I'm sorry. When that happens, I guess I now owe you money for when that happens in real I mean, life. You could probably sue them for stealing your idea, I guess, at this point. But oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> just just remember. Hey, hey, a horrible piece of Animal Crossing dialogue is when they say, Buongiorno. That means good giorno in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> listen, listen, I think it's very cute because if you're trans and you decide that's going to be your name, that's a power move. Um, Especially because it is actually a name. He just, just, they, I don't, I'm, I have gone almost this entire episode without talking about JoJo's. You don't. Yeah, we can't no. start now. No, you um, can't. I'm not gonna. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> God. What else? Oh, oh. So I'm gonna say I think the parts where Zari talked to Zari. Now, first of all, the yeah, actress those were genuinely really good. Zari's body really double was actually the actress who played the young version of Zari's mom in the uh, 401 last season when she's watching her mom play with her as a little girl. Nice. Which I was like, that's actually really smart and very cute. Yeah, that was a really cool way to do it. I was also just really happy we got that scene because I think, as I mentioned on previous episodes, like how it made me kind of sad that like Zari, like Zari would be so, like she wouldn't care about the kind of person that she'd just be so happy that her her brother and her mom and her dad were like alive mm-hmm. and safe. And, like, got to see that, and it was genuinely a really good and heartbreaking scene. There were a lot of really good choices that they made about this. Like, number one is that 
Zari 1.0 isn't like uh Zari 2 like Zari 2.0 they really highlight that one of Zari's sort of character traits regardless of what version is that she does have this very deep-seated insecurity mm-hmm. and you can see that like Zari 2.0 immediately when she finds out there's another Zari is like I'm not good enough I'm super vapid right. Right. and Zari 1.0 upon meeting her is like, she's so fun. You know, she's so unburdened. Mm -hmm. She's so sort of cool. And it's just like, I mean, I think we're going to have a a Zari convergence by the end of the season. Sure. Because I really got the feeling seeing the two of them together where I was like, you need both parts of yourself to be one whole person. Like you need to love every part of yourself. But the mm-hmm. fact that the show was so kind to Zari 2.0 and that Zari 1.0 was like, you actually seem like you're really fun. There just was like a very, you know, she calls Zari 2.0, she calls her a little self-centered, but like that's the only time. It's yeah. not this constant like Zari 1.0 being exhausted by her, being like, oh, you're so annoying. And I know that like, yeah, as we've mentioned before, Tala was super apologetic about Zari 2.0, despite the fact that Zari 2.0 is incredible, amazing, show-stopping, never been done before, etc. Um, But, you know, there have been, she was kind of accurately predicting the fan reaction, which is mm-hmm. like, even though, even though y'all fucking complained about Zari, just like you complained about Amaya, just like you complained about Charlie, now you're like, oh, but we want Zari 1.0 back. It's just like, and I think you guys just hate women. I think you guys um, just hate women. No, you're just ugly and you hate women. Yeah. It's genuinely so fucking frustrating. I also found it interesting that it both mentions of being romantic with Nate this episode. Um, first when Charlie made the sex joke and Zari goes gross. And then when Zari 1.0 is like, Oh, so you're not with him? And she's like, no, he's my brother's friend. That's weird. She actually doesn't seem interested in him at all. And, like, I would be fine with them getting together, but I want Nate to have to woo Zari 2.0. I want him to have to charm her. Yes, where it's like, if you're going to turn them into soulmate, kind of, if you're going to turn them into a soulmate-style relationship, you had better fucking make me believe it. That being said, that reminds me of when Bayrod was like, oh, yeah, Nate's a sucker for a tragic romance, and then doesn't specify a gender. And this is the, the episode. After we saw um, whatever the hell that goddamn Indigo Girls cover of Romeo and Juliet longing shit was. I'm just like, mm, bait me from beyond the grave. <laughs> bait me. Oh, you queers want to be baited. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> so exhausting. Where I'm just like, first off, ouch, put him on blast. And like, he's not wrong. Where I'm just like, I wonder if that's also going to be foreshadowing for like the two of them just not getting together or not where it's like oh nate's a sucker for a doomed romance like what are you setting up then like that's interesting especially because i mean we assume based off of the promo and the pictures that like zari 1.0 is coming back but we don't actually know who's getting to stick around or what like version or combination or like do they just put all of the memories in one body we won't know until the finale maybe or even the first episode of next season which will return to us at some point in the future Yeah. Um, actually, the only, so Tala has essentially alluded to being on next season. The only people that haven't are, like, uh, at this point, Olivia, Maisie, and Nick, specifically. And I'm like, oh, well, if Nick hasn't said it, then I'm not that worried about Maisie. 
saying it because right. he's Nick. Yeah. Um, I mean, Macy doesn't really seem to say stuff on social no, media Macy's very often anyway. so, so private. Yeah, good for her, honestly. I mean, also because she's like an out woman where she's like, I don't want to have to deal with this. No, mm-hmm. nor should she have to. Which, uh, mood? Um, I just think, so... Here is why, like, this episode was actually really good. I think it was a real return to form. Um, Charlie's plot felt very action-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, listen, I love Sarah. I do. I like her a lot. Which isn't necessarily <laughs> a bad thing, but Sarah being able to go toe-to-toe. What's the explanation for this? So unless it was, uh, you know, the Lazarus pit just, like, destroying her DNA, I-, I don't understand what's happening here. And that is kind of something where I'm like, well, what would the alternative be? Where it's like thoroughly, I mean, it's almost something where it's like you could have gone the Dragon Ball Z route where she gets completely curb stomped and then has to do like next couple, the next five minutes because you cut your season in half. Um, The next right. five minutes training. So this is obviously not going to be Frieza arc levels of Sarah taking the next 100 episodes. They really should have, you know what? But yeah, they should have done a Dragon Ball Z thing where Sarah like got fucking crushed and then has to spend the next three episodes training it's like maybe that would have done more like it's the thing where it's like you only have a couple of episodes to sell these characters as villains one of one of the really efficient and easy ways tropos have not fought until now the fact that we really didn't get a lot of characterization for vera the fact that zari only had a couple of flashbacks and it seems like it was all shoved together in this one episode we Mm -hmm. wasted so much time for nothing much time for nothing so much is happening in the next few episodes. It's not exciting. It's exciting because at least we have good things to be excited to watch. Because if this episode hadn't been good, I would have been like, I'm not watching anymore until the whole thing's done. <laughs> but it yeah. took them way too long to get here. And it's just like, and so it's not, it's actually not fair to a lot of the characters. Like we've been talking about how it's not fair. No, it's actually not fair to Sarah either, who right. now is getting essentially a full season plot in two episodes. <laughs> And genuinely infuriating, you know, or Mick and Ava who are doing this thing with Lita where I'm like, this is very cute. But yes, again, I didn't even remember that that happened until you brought it up where I'm just like, because everything is happening so fucking much now to the point of mm-hmm. no, you can't, you can't do this convergence like at the very last second without it all kind of feeling like, okay. Right, and now Lita's gonna be on the Wave Rider and hanging out with Nate. Like, there's so much that they're trying to cram, and it just doesn't make sense. Lita, just like, oh yeah, cool. Your slam piece is gonna supervise me. That's gonna really help. That's on the episode where they're going to be Greek, and I was in a sorority, so this episode is just gonna push all my buttons. What was your sorority like? I mean, so funnily enough, the picture, the part of them laying on the ground is literally a replica of me and my sisters laying on the ground. We had to pull some of our white members because our chapter was so diverse that it looked like we had picked all of the people of color for a photo. So I saw that and just immediately was just transported into my undergrad time and was just like, oh my God, this is my life. Do you want to say what sorority you were in? Yeah, I was in Alpha Chi Omega. And so I am just intrigued to see what they do. But also this is the same episode that they're going after Dionysi. I don't know how to say that dude's name, right? Dionysus? Dionysus. Well... Um, I actually think it's really inspiring that um, the Legends of Tomorrow writers decided to do an episode based on J-Hope's very, very sexy song. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're going after his cup because apparently it's in the frat that, that they're gonna yeah, be sorry, out. There's so much I thought, happening. I did not hear I did not hear cup. I was yeah, like, I heard cock immediately as well. I heard cock and I was like, hold on, they're they're what? <laughs> we should be so lucky. That's haram. It's Ramadan. I'm trying to be appropriate. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's past sundown. It's okay. You're legends. I have so many questions. Yeah, so they're going after Diana's cup because um, uh, Jess McCallan, by accident during her Instagram live, uh, posted a like a video of them uh, filming that episode, and then she immediately posted stuff from things that we'd already seen. And so I was like, "Mm, "You did that wrong. It's okay. Now we know." Love you, girl. Stay, stay gold, Jess. (laughs) <laughs> I actually think it was very interesting yeah, when Jess was doing her Instagram live with Tala. Tala was like, "No, this isn't my episode," and Jess is like, "But it's called Zari, not Zari." And she's like, "Oh, that was a fan thing." That's yeah. That whole live was just intriguing because Tala also just like, I mean, she was excited to be there. But for example, she was asked if she wanted to direct, and Tala was like, "No, I don't. I don't think I want to do that right now." And so I just have so many questions for Tala. Out after directing the show is kind of. I mean, it's not for everyone. Yeah, no, is not. Not for everyone, and directing on TV is also admittedly not quite the same as doing it for a movie, where it's like, it's actually really not as prestigious, where I'm like, girl, go the producer route. Have so much more power. I mean, the other thing is, then you make more money. It's interesting. I'm also just thinking about when Jess had Nick on, and (laughs) a couple of... I want to make, I want to point out a couple of highlights for Ari. First of all, when Nick said, did you call Maisie? And I'm like a true strong female expert, an ally. Thank you. <laughs> the only yeah. man. Um, yeah. When Nick said to Jess, um, "I miss your dog. I miss your 15 dogs that can't hear or see or bark," because <laughs> she has a couple of dogs that I think are like deaf. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. just like I just love the idea that Nick has that Jess is just constantly adopting. I mean, like, but wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like, at that point, if you already have so many dogs who have special needs, you're like, fuck it, might as well. <laughs> Please don't make fun yeah. of her special need dogs, you asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's genuinely a very sweet thing. Like, I mean, it takes a lot of effort to animals that have special needs. So it's like, oh, that's actually genuinely very nice and, like, good and sort of is my, I mean, not that I had a negative opinion of her, but I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Genuine, I like that. Um, I mean, it was a fun live because it was it was Tala, and then it was Nick, and then it was Katie, and then they were really, you know, excited about the episode. Yeah, nobody knew what episode it was. No, no one, no no one. I I think that's why they post spoilers so frequently. Where it's like, I don't think any of them know. I don't think the one with the bell can read. Truly, truly, truly. I mean, it's we only know what episode it is because we've been spending all of our time on Wikipedia trying to figure out when the hell the show is coming back. These actors have no clue. They're too busy trying to deal with quarantine. I mean, so let's let's just get to, let's just address the sort of, I guess this will be our last leg of the journey. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> we address... Almost 11 o'clock. Chop, where chop. we address that Bayrod um, died. Yeah. Bayrod died as as we expected, but also it was very depressing. It was and it's thing. it's a little it's a little frustrating because he died very very fast. And um, 
I don't think I would have been angry if not for the first half of the season. I mean, I would still be angry, but. And well, because here's the thing, as Sahar pointed out in our retrospective, we have not gotten to know enough about Bayrod, like to the point where him talking about like drugs is like, haha, funny, but it's also kind of like, yeah, but you haven't explored anything else about this character. Point where it's like, is this starting to get comfortable? I used to do business school, question mark. Is he even actually still enrolled? He, he smokes weed a lot. Uh, he loves his sister. Like, so, I mean, that's good. He's like a nice, very gentle, like easygoing soul. But like, why is he like that? Right. right. And then now all we know, at least from the promo, is that at some point he's going to wake up and Zarya and Flannel is going to be there. And then they're in the Friends episode. That is worse. The one where we're trapped on TV is the second to last episode. So if he's seriously not coming back for five more episodes, that's trash. I and mean, I here's the though. thing is that um, I think the one where we're trapped in the TV is also the same one where Charlie is trapped on the council with her sisters. And it's it's almost very concerning to me because there's this thing that Zari says where she says, screw the fates during that thing where I'm worried that everyone's going to be mad at Charlie. But I also don't think Maisie would say this is her favorite season if everyone got abuse apology, like abuse apologetic about Charlie. So... Yeah. So, and and Maisie's interview indicated that, like, it's definitely going to be Charlie with the team trying to find the loom now. Yep. John, I need to find the loom. (laughs) Charlie, absolutely fucking not. Sorry. I need to find the loom. Charlie, anything for you, babe? Let's do it. It is genuinely something where, as much as I'm, I almost appreciate it's almost like they realize at the last second, like, hmm, this might be a bad look. And they make it very clear that, like, Zari's new mission is to get her brother back, and we presume that she will succeed. I'm like, yeah, I think somebody was like, hey, I get that maybe we can't have him on because of all the scheduling stuff that we talked about being an issue with the series before. And the money. But we should probably make it explicit that he's not going to be perma-dead. Yeah, it genuinely... so much money. They better keep him here, question mark, or at least figure out how to do better with all the people they're going to have next year, question mark. Well, it's also just very frustrating because it's like... You know, as Ari mentioned, like, where's Bayrods? Because, like, Shehan posted something about on Twitter of, like, here's my favorite Bayrod scene. I love playing this character. We're like, we saw the trailer. We all know he's going to be back, but we don't know if he's going to be back for next season. Right. Where it's like, okay, but if he's not going to be back for next season, then where's his, you know, 300 episode goodbye? Where's his... Where's yeah, his dedication to being sick and, like, getting lung cancer and, like, refusing to die? You know, yeah. where's... and one of the things that makes me really sad, I mean, that I think was actually a huge indicator of Bayrod's character, is that, you know, Charlie tells them all, like, my sister is a terrible person. She's going to kill you. Um, and Bayrod, upon seeing her, is like, well, I bet if she's Charlie's sister, she can't be that bad. Not because of anything Acropos does, but because he cares about Charlie so much that he's like, you know, maybe. He's like, because, you know, I said horrible things about my sister, and look. Right. We don't know. Bayrod didn't know that he was supposed to be dead. No one's explained it to him. I don't know if it was explained to Zari properly by Zari 1.0 or if she just wanted her to be happy so she didn't tell her, because that's the impression I got. Yeah. It's like, hi, none of this, it's not that this couldn't happen, but it shouldn't have happened like this, and um, it happening in the context of the everything else about this season, especially in specific, is like fuck off. It's also very disappointing because it's one of 
I feel like we haven't had any, like if Zari was having flashbacks of being Zari 1.0, why wasn't Bayrod occasionally fading in and out of reality? Why weren't we getting anything with that? Like that would have been fascinating and it also would have set this up a lot better. Anything, for the love of God. Now we get in the episode where she's talking to Nate about this and then they realize, oh, Bayrod was dead in the other. I mean, like, She's not stupid, so I'm assuming she understands from when Zari 1.0 is talking to her about, like, wait, Bayrod is the totem bear, question mark? Like, I'm assuming she figured it out, but then, of course, she's dealing with her grief. Also, these, this episode went by so fast, so much was packed into 45 minutes. Yeah. She made for good TV, but was also like, oh, wow, this is a bit exhausting. Just highlighted all of the things that we talked about last episode has been talked about at length where it's like their pacing is really frustrating because now we don't get to really enjoy the good stuff because we're still frustrated by the stuff where they did it wrong (laughs) it's a very good way of putting it where it's like yeah good things are happening but i am also still frustrated because it's kind of like a cherry on a shit sunday but still fundamentally it is a shit sunday i it's just one of i yeah, it's it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm going to call this show out on the fact that once again it just pushed Bayrod through the revolving door this show has for character of color with absolutely no regard for him. Um, and still have enjoyed like the episode and still like enjoy the show, but I'm never going to like lie about the fact that Legends of Tomorrow was absolute shit to its really, actors of color. Truly really bad about this. But it's so, like, like this is also a good a good point to bring up where it's like sometimes having Having diversity doesn't mean anything if you just keep treating your non-white characters like shit. It's like, if anything, it just gets worse. The more often you do this, the more stark it is that you guys are really bad at doing I mean, I will say this, though. Maisie did say in her in Legend back, and this was the post... Um, this was post... Um, it came out after Zari Not Zari. So I feel like she would have known that Zari 1.0 would have shown up, so I'm hoping she might have been talking about Jax because Franz came to the rap party. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I, legend, I never said that. Legends of Tomorrow was my friend. Every time. It's like, who else would be coming back that's been a, a Legends? <laughs> we tied Victor Garber to a fucking chair. <laughs> but, uh, maybe yeah. Wally, because I mean, he was filming for The Flash, but I don't know if he was filming at the time. Wasn't he only on The Flash for, like, one episode? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like, if he would have, like... Can we talk about the fact that The Flash Flash still does not (laughs) have an episode where Keenan and Andy are both on? They still haven't done it. Oh, it's (sighs) disgusting. Every day of my life, I am infuriated by this. You have no idea. I am such a fucking Hartley Wally shipper. I am in hell. Sucks so much. I we hate you people. We have two fucking real life like queer actors playing these characters and you won't even let them talk to each other. Every day of my life I curse you. You want to make it and 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 in fucking in fucking season 1 you wanted to act like Hartley had a crush Barry? Her? Oh, we well, was of the crisis. With the first the first season of The Flash is they were effectively just having Wally like if Barry's name and backstory. They had he had all of Wally's personality and all of Wally's. I hate DCT. All of Wally's everything. What happened to Hartley after the crisis? What's going on? Tell me. Oh, Hartley's gonna be back and gonna try to get his help, but because of the crisis, Hartley doesn't like Barry. 
So this is going to be an experience. Thank God. Be gay, do crime. Exactly. Who knows what's happening with that show? Because Iris is still stuck in the mirror, which is, you know, for a different podcast. But uh, I just want to be constantly very, very bad. This this whole Iris in the mirror thing, especially, I mean, like, I, I really love Candace getting to, you know, sort of chew the scenery as, like, evil Iris. Right. But, like, them still feeling like it's okay to sideline Iris like this is so <sighs> fucking bad. Yeah. Should have been, I mean, so it's the same thing. She's been stuck in the mirror. So for like five or six episodes, and now Berard is going to go on for five or six episodes, or however many episodes. It doesn't really matter. Also, from a religious perspective, what the hell are they doing with this body? Because Muslims, you bury people like two seconds after they die. There is no like we're going to have a viewing. There's none of this shit. You literally wash the. Oops, sorry, God, I'm trying not to curse during Ramadan. My bad. But you're, you're literally supposed to like wash the body, do the prayers, put the person in the ground, and then that's that. So like, does Gideon have like a type well, of stasis? chamber probably it's also implied (laughs) that charlie and nate are probably the ones that moved him like here's the thing what they chose to do with bayrod's body was very very like i'm like okay this is actually very greek tragedy i'll give you that this is clever and that he sort of falls on the battlefield and everyone is too anguished to even be able to move him right right it is also something where i think because he is going to come back they can't like it would be kind of concerning if he came back after being buried where I think they're just sort of like, we're not going to, I mean, that's a really interesting point. And I feel like fundamentally the real answer is I don't think they knew that Um, since I don't think there's any Muslim writers. on. No, the there are, there are. So there are. Looked and there are, right? Yeah. Well, so actually what I was going to say, the thing that frustrates me about the fact that people of color are shafted on the show is that there are two black writers at least. And also isn't the showrunner half. I don't yeah, want to. Uh, Kato is half Japanese. So, like, something is going on where, like, either they're not paying attention or they don't care. There's definitely a Muslim writer because she's Molly and actually used to wear hijab. And I spiraled because I was looking this up. So, like, even if they don't touch it because we had the conversation earlier in this episode where uh, they don't really think about religion and the way it actually fully, like, impacts people because of the whole myth thing. I still want them to just give me two seconds where it's like, yeah, there's a chamber. Wait, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how close you're sitting to your computer, but you're just coming in and out a little bit. All right. It's probably because I'm also yelling and very, like, aggravates me. No, please. <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they've done a really good job with, like, earlier in the season with the, why are you drinking alcohol? And they've had these touches. And I just want them to just at least admit that, like, Behrad's body can't just be chilling. Hopefully they'll do that next episode. I also realized upon talking about the sort of tragedy of Beira dying and no one being from like the battlefield, quote unquote, is that in the actual Iliad, when Patroclus dies, and this is one of those things where like we do have to very much like end their siblings. So let's keep that separate. Um, When Patroclus dies, Achilles reacts in the very like classical Greek way where he like tears out his hair and he covers his face in ash. Right. And Zari has those black mascara streaks down her cheeks. Right, right. Where I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> There's definitely an effort to do something, but it's also like putting a Greek tragedy sort of aesthetic onto Muslim characters is a bit of a, a is choice. This, is it a choice? <laughs> choice. That's all I really have to say about that. It's definitely like, hmm, there are other characters we could have 
maybe. Well, it's also one of those things where if we wanted to frame this as more of a Greek play or a Greek tragedy, we've been setting this up all season. Um, I mean, that's kind of the episode. I think we Again. did a good job this time. We didn't yeah. spend 30 minutes on Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> oh, but we did spend, we spend so many more minutes on like dumb stuff, but I am just genuinely like, is there something we missed where I'm like, because I think, I mean, because you no, were, so we did. You were in the middle, Rachel was in the middle of a point about like Greek tragedy stuff though, right? Like, what did you want to? Um, well, now I'm just doing more research about Greek tragedy myths and a little bit more about Achilles oh. and Patroclus. You actually have this painting that I'm going to send to you guys, Achilles lamenting the death of Patroclus. Um, that we talked about Charlie and Charlie's sisters. We talked about Zari. Looks a lot like what Zari was going through, where I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, it falls a fire. Or correct drama. I'm like, are you guys maybe maybe you guys were being smarter about it than I realized, or maybe I'm just really smart and I'm out here doing all of Phil's legwork for him. I mean, it is it is true. Sometimes I'm like, we are we are almost sort of we're filling in the gaps here where it's like we we want to think that they're doing a smarter job than they might actually be. Hey guys, <laughs> hey fellas, is it is it gay? <laughs> I think we've covered everything. And I also just want to mention, I mean it specifically in like the morning sense and that you love someone in like a sibling way. They are yes, siblings. Achilles and, Pro- and Patroclus were obviously oh, like yeah. in love, but yeah. Zard and Berod are siblings. And that's also a very strong <laughs> it, it, loving it, it, relationship you have with someone, but not with It's funny that you were doing Achilles and Patro- Patroclus because I was thinking of um, Antigone. Mm. Oh, and demanded that her brother be buried and then and then everything goes tits up obviously where it's like i think that might be a more direct point of comparison if that makes sense i think you're right actually it's not listen you know i love me some achilles and uh because i have like fucking Every day of my life, I am constantly thinking about the gay relationships in media that pa- that parallel Achilles and Patroclus, even if it's indirectly, and how I think about how the entirety of the last arc of Battle Tendencies is just a reference to Ben Hur. And did he know? Did he fucking know? And I don't have time to go into this anyway. Um, <laughs> also, uh, because <laughs> in Antigone, there's a lot of hates in Antigone. Uh oh, Spaghettios. I mean, oh, I think that's a good place to end, though, in that. She tells John she's gonna be with him every moment for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I was gonna say, say like, we want to talk about the weird Zari and John vibes where I was like, okay. Because they right. did that with the, with the Romeo and Juliet. And like, is it because John is just attracted to everybody? Like, there's so much happening on the show. Ryan is, I mean, I hate to say it. Well, I maybe not hate it, but like, Matt Ryan is actually a good actor with a lot of chemistry. I mean, everybody has a lot of chemistry with everyone on the yeah. show. And while I thought it was definitely gonna go in the direction of like, Charlie's going to be with John. Sorry's going to be with Nate. That last scene between them had me kind of being like, huh. It might at least do something where it's like, I just thought it was very, because we really haven't seen the two of them interacting directly much. It was very interesting to see them interacting and like have Zari interacting with him where she's not really like her usual self where it's like, oh, this brings out a different side of the two of them. And I always love that when it's like, oh, this is a new angle for your personality season what we've really seen has just been her and ava and her and mick and so i think it'll be interesting to see her be like stuck with john for at least one full episode at least you know dealing with the encores again and all of that and what that means for finding the loom that's when they brought up the encores again i was like oh thank god we're actually going to continue with these and also like huh 
My Patsy Ramsey theory. <laughs> no, oh boy. <laughs> no, oh god. Can you fucking imagine? Jesus Christ. Um, but no, I was actually kind of relieved because I was really worried they were just going to completely drop the encores because that is so soundly in character for legends that i'm yeah. like it says a lot about this show that that wouldn't have thrown me off if they just i would have been like yeah that makes sense for am i right there's legends all right i have a great thing i have something that i want us to end on read it out loud okay. all right do it okay um you know the twitter you know anthony oliviera right yeah. mm-hmm. um okay 56 minutes ago he tweeted archive of our own has at present only nine fix set in the Billy Joel Piano Man universe. We you. can do what? better. What? What? There's a what? What? First off, I would argue that all of this. Oh, dear. Wow. Life really is like a hurricane really like a hurricane that's because anthony oliviera in 2015 tweeted narrators are often unreliable for example billy joel's piano man seems not to realize he works in a gay bar to which someone <laughs> responded with the piano man archive of our own tags and prompted the subsequent response yeah, i i like i like to i appreciate the continuity going on there where i'm also like yeah actually that's a really fun spin on that song um, and I do love that. Uh, I'm gonna choose to accept that as the correct interpretation of that song from now on. Well, good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Had a good time. Hopefully, next episode's better. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but hopefully, next episode's better. Um, we'll come we'll back to you from here. the Billy Joel Piano Man cinematic universe. Uh, next oh. week on Legends and Review. <laughs>